Hey everyone, and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is DCI number 91. Today, Brian and I get to talk to Josh Chudinovsky about Dungeon Crawlers HD, a game for mobile and PC that is heavily inspired by Ghostbusters and HeroQuest. For more information about the game, check out darkstation.com where you can find links and trailers in the show notes to this episode. You can also follow us on Twitter at darkstation underscore com, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and send us an email at podcast at darkstation.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now on with the show. Hey guys, what number are we on? What uh, which number is this? This is ninety-one. Okay, not a bad number. That's uh, Sergey Fedorov. We got uh, Rick Nash of the New York Rangers. That's good. Chris, <laughs> is it Rick Nash? I don't know. We're doing we're doing hockey references on a gaming podcast, so I think that's. I think we've already jumped the shark here. We we have a little bit. Yes, both and I I know nothing about um, hockey, so yeah. So just go ahead and, like, make up stuff, and I will just agree with you, and then it'll be on a podcast, so that means it'll be real. So, yeah, it'll be great. great. Well, you know, it's too bad it's Monday, and that yesterday we could have done a very special Darksiders podcast. We could have had my mom on. Uh, She could have talked about how disappointed it is she is in me uh, as a person, (laughs) you know, and uh, as a game developer. Yeah. It sounds like an uplifting time. I mean, you know, it's yeah, her it's dad, bad. so I have to let her say whatever she wants. And yeah. that's, that's what mostly we get out of her is just, you know, you could have been a doctor. You know, that's, like that's that. the day we and we pick up the phone and we take it. And it's yeah. yep, Sergei Fedorov, also Sorry. 91. 91, that's right. Yep. Again, I'm just going to agree with you guys and be like, <laughs> yes. All right, so here's Thumbs what you need to know. Up. 91 is a is a number for forwards in ice hockey. If you're the big-time goal scorer, you're usually number 91. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Did not know that at all. So that is fantastic. Fantastic. All right, well, Josh, um, again, thank you for joining us on the, on the Dark Cast. Uh, before we get into talking about Dungeon Crawlers HD, let's talk a little bit about... Uh, you and what you do at uh, Drowning Monkeys, besides loving the number 91, obviously. Right. Well, I was a goalie, so my number was double zero. So. Mm. Uh, no, I've I, uh, been making games for 24 years, actually. Since I was 12, that's when I made my first game. Nice. And, and uh, back then, you had to write all the code. There was no Unity or UK. You, what is it? Unreal... UDE, is that what it's called? Uh, UDK. Unreal UDK. Development. Yeah, Dev Kit. Yeah. Yeah. There was no UDK, there was no, there was nothing. Nothing. So you had to do it all yourself. It was crazy. It sucked. Uh, <laughs> pe- people don't know how good they have it. It's insane. And uh, the other thing I do is stand-up comedy. I've been a stand-up comic for about five years. So that's, that's really sort of like uh, what I love about Dungeon Crawlers is that it's a mix of comedy and gaming. So... And, uh, yeah, I worked for Blue Heat Games in Atlanta 
uh, we were the, really like on the forefront of mobile gaming. We were making games for the old, uh, basically the TI-85 of uh, cell phones. <laughs> like, okay. uh, you know, like those old flip phones and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Nokia Series 30 and Series 40 stuff. I mean, no memory. How, how many versions of Snake were you responsible for? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, let's get on a tangent here. Let's do it. We're at the eight-minute mark. Uh, yep. <laughs> we, it is time we to start were, right away. Yeah, Absolutely. we were tasked, our company was tasked by Atari to make, like, you know, Breakout or Pong, right? And you got to know, like, this is, cr- this is so nuts about those phones. They did not have floating point processors, okay? So if the ball, which is supposed to be moving at a variable speed, right, you can hit it up off the corner and it's supposed to speed up the ball a little bit. If the ball is moving at a high speed, that means, and these phones, they ran at like 15 to 20 frames per second. So, you know, you've got the ball uh, just outside the edge of the screen on one frame, and on the next frame, it's going to be out, off the screen. So you have to calculate where did it hit, right? Did it hit the paddle or not in between these two frames, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there was almost no way to do that. You had to use what's called bit shifting, uh, and it was never accurate. I mean, it was so hard to make Pong on these things. I, I don't even know how they did it in the 60s. But, uh, yeah, the, you know, the, the, these phones were archaic. Actually, the game that I made that was pretty pretty popular for the time was called Snoop Dogg Boxing. For Shingle? Yeah. And right. uh, he, was, uh, he was initially the Glass Joe of the game. The game was very Mike Tyson's punch-out. Snoop Dogg was, the, was Glass Joe? Yeah, he was supposed oh, to be the God. Glass Joe. And uh-huh. then Snoop and then Sony came in. They're like, we got Snoop Dogg on board. And uh, we're like, okay, what does that mean? They're like, well, what that means is he's the boss now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you were t- taking orders from the dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he went from being the first character in the game to the last one. Was there, a moment, type- when you, was there a moment when you when when that stopped you and they were like, hey, we brought Snoop Dogg on board and you were like, excuse me? Uh, I mean, we knew because it was a Sony title from the gate. So we knew that um, it was possible that we would get one of these guys, right? Because all the characters... Oh, okay. oh, you know who ended up taking over the Glass Joe role in perfect fashion was uh, Vanilla Ice. Oh. I, sure. Yep. That's absolutely that's good. So, you know, that's I mean, good. we had all the... We, we had all the rappers in ours. If you type Snoop Dogg Boxing to Google, you'll still see it. There's a, there's a GameSpot review. <laughs> it's there. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I love that game, man. That was, I was like, those were the days. Oh man, that is, that is awesome. So, how did you um, how did you get into the the field? Obviously, you were making games since you were a kid, but uh, did you go to school for uh, computer science? How, how did you kind of I, get? I did, I did, but it was a waste of time. Uh, <laughs> like, I went to. I mean, God, I'm so. People are gonna look me up, and this is just gonna ruin my career, I think. But. Uh, I went to computer camp <laughs> when I was like 12 in Massachusetts and I mean I was just all about coding so like I went to this computer camp you know learned how, how to code in assembly learn C uh, everything and uh, yeah I mean I was that I was making games way early on I wasn't very good at it uh, but yeah then I went to college to, at Georgia Tech for computer science and uh it, i mean it was just the first three years first two years of the four years were a waste of time and then when we got into like operating systems and you know advanced uh 
all the advanced stuff, then things got interesting. But yeah, the first two years of college, I could have probably skipped the whole thing. Wouldn't have mattered. And then I got a job. I was supposed to work on. Do you remember the Cool Border series? Yes. Uh, that got canned by Sony. Yes. And I, and I got hired and fired on my on my drive to Colorado to go work. On it. Oh. Oh. Yeah. See, the dog didn't like that story. <laughs> they don't. Uh, they don't. It was a big deal, man. I was like, yes, I got my first job in the industry. This is amazing. I'm going to work on cool borders. That's okay, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it was, I think, the, yeah, it was the PS2 at the time. So this was going to be like cool borders 6 or something for PS2. And I remember they showed me a demo, and I just remember thinking at the time, I was like, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is no good. And this is like competing with SSX. It was I feel like Cool Borders was spun off from the 343 Studios or something. But, yeah, so I, I got the job, paid really well, they paid for my move, I packed everything, my car was in a container, and the and I watched the moving truck leave, and uh, I get in my car, and I think six hours later I get a call saying that the project had been canned and my job was no longer available. Mm. And then I got to drive in Atlanta making mobile games. Nice. So, so you just came back to, to Georgia after that? I mean, I never really like, left. Never. Okay. <laughs> my stuff left. I think yeah. my stuff. My stuff. I think got all the way to just outside Tennessee, and then it, it had to turn around. Nice. Nice. Oh man, that's that's nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. Um, so, so you went from uh, Cool Borders to, to mobile games. The Snoop Dogg. Um, <laughs> yes. Which, that hopefully will, will be your hallmark, because that is amazing. That, that, that is fantastic. Um, just side question, when are we going to get uh, Snoop Dogg boxing uh, HD? Is that around the corner? Can or? I? I mean, can, <laughs> can we get on the horn with Sony? Because I'll do it. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> that's, a, that's a slam dunk. That's a no-brainer. Absolutely. Let's do this thing. I mean, On today's phones, I mean, there's the, the possibilities are endless. Well, you know what's interesting is uh, in the, the very early days of the iPhone, right? Like we're talking iPhone 1, App Store didn't exist. Mm-hmm. People were hacking it to put apps onto it. And then the App Store exists. And it was not long. It took two months, maybe three, for somebody to come up with a Snoop Dogg, or not Snoop Dogg, uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out clone, right? And it was very successful. And I'm surprised that you don't continue to see, because I watch the App Store every week, and we don't really, you know, you don't see games like that coming out on the platform anymore. Just sort of a reimagining of that genre. Because mm-hmm. it's so easy. You know, it's arcade fun, two buttons, doesn't take much. Right. So, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised Sony never made a Snoop Dogg boxing issue. It was a very successful mobile title they sold like and we're talking about you know this is back when it was all carrier billing right so you had to order it off your phone through your carrier yeah they sold hundreds of thousands of copies at like two three bucks wow so i mean it was surprising it is surprising so you're now at at drowning monkeys um how how long have you been there uh i started it it's mine okay Uh, i am the only drowning monkey at this point (laughs) Uh, I started in, what, 2010. Okay. Me and my buddy from Blue Heat actually started it together. And uh, we spent 18 months 
when we started making dungeon crawlers, which, uh, by the way, the, the original name of the game, tell me that this is better. The original name of the game was Dungeon Tactics Strategy Quest. Yes. Totally better. Right? Yes. Totally better. Love that it's, game. It's, it's, a, it's a mouthful, but it's totally better. <laughs> it's, you know, DTSQ for short. It, <laughs> you, you, you get the point that it's just, just going to be stupid, and that was like, I, I was all about calling it that. Uh, and then, <clears throat> yeah, we spent, when we started the game, making the game, it was Unity 2.8. We're at Unity 5 now. So back in 2010, there wasn't even actually Android support at that point. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, we watched Unity grow, and our, our engine kind of had to grow with it because they kept making major changes. But the game really was going to be sort of like a, just sort of not a ripoff, but a very close homage to, to uh, HeroQuest. I don't know if you guys ever played that, but there's a lot of, Homages the, to the board Quest. game? Yeah, the board game. Okay. In fact, totally. if you look at Hero Quest and you look at Dungeon Crawlers, you'll see sort of like the design of the cupboards and sort of the things that stand still are very Hero Quest. <clears throat> the layout of it, you know, the way that the, each tile looks like a square that you would step on a, a board game, you know? Uh, <clears throat> and then we asked a company for some, all the art was outsourced. And uh, we asked a company for some concepts for uh, a wizard. And we got this wizard, and he looked like Egon from Ghostbusters. <coughs> and, we're, and, and my buddy, he's like, he did something to him where he, he made this scenario where we were still early, very early stages of testing. And we're, he's like, look, it's Egon from Ghostbusters. And he added glasses to him or something. Just some, we did something that just really made it look like Ghostbusters. And, I was like, oh my god, that's, that's it. That's the game. And uh, <laughs> So then we tried to call it Dungeon Busters, which is an even more appropriate title. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, again, solid. That, that, yeah. yeah, Dungeon Busters, by the way, would have been the right call, okay? I, the problem was, there's this game on Facebook. It's called Dungeon Blitz now. If you go to DungeonBusters.com, you will see... Dunge oh, it's oh. called Dungeon Rampage now. Oh, oh. Dungeon Rampage. Yeah. Hey, this yeah, game, they, they've changed it a couple of times. Yeah, they've gone through several iterations. It was called Dungeon Blitz, and we tried to copyright the name Dungeon Busters, and this company had copyrighted it about a month before we were looking. Oh. So this, this silly little Facebook game was called Dungeon Busters for um, three months, and they changed the name to Dungeon Rampage or Dungeon something else, Okay. They changed the name a week before we launched. <laughs> and we were like, can we call it Dungeon Busters? <laughs> they still own the copyright. Like, we just didn't know what to do with ourselves. So why, why, okay, so Dungeon Busters is, that's taken off the table. Why not take the kind of like 80s TV tact of going the real Dungeon Busters? Oh, man. You, you beat me. There. I, how did I not? Wow. I'm so mad at myself. <laughs> yep, yep, it could have happened. Wow. Okay. Mind blown. <laughs> I don't know if you can see this. I guess I'll send you a screen cap, but literally guts uh, and part pieces of my brain on the floor. It's all over this. Yep. <laughs> You're doing a great job of continuing to talk through all yep. of that. I'm, Absolutely. I'm yeah. I, got, I, I only use 10% of my brain. Uh, <laughs> I, I got plenty to spare. So, yeah, uh, you know, so... 
We ended up with Dungeon Crawlers, which seemed appropriate because it's kind of a dungeon crawler. It's a name of a genre, name of a game, easy to search for. Like, if you search for Dungeon Crawler, you'll find it, right? Like, oh, hey, there's actually a Dungeon Crawler game. That's Yeah. Uh, and it came out on iOS in 2010, and it was the number one RPG for a couple weeks, but, um, you know, it wasn't really ready for prime time. There were a lot of bugs. So, hence the Dungeon Crawlers HD that we have now. Uh, yeah, so, uh, the game was supposed to come... Oh, we'll wait, we'll wait. You know what, let's let, let's do it on the dog schedule. Let's... Yeah, yeah, just, it, it, that's, my view button is readily available here, so. Uh, one second. My fiance just called, so just text her. Alright. Yeah, so the game came out, and the problem was we tried to... We tried to get it on PC first, and we could never get it on Steam. It just never happened. Hmm. Uh, and then we got it onto iOS, and it was featured on the brick. It was a big release, and it did very well, and it got to number one. Uh, I don't know where it got overall. I, overall, I don't think it got very high, because RPGs don't sell as well as you know those rinky-dink, Angry Birds kind of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but it uh, crashed a lot of iPads. Because the iPad 2 just came out, it worked on an iPad 2, it didn't work on an iPad 1. People got ticked, we botched the launch, uh, and then it tanked, right? So for years I supported that, and we, we made the best of that situation. We, you know, we made a little money. And uh, I, I still had, you know, I'm a, with Unity, you're a click away from publishing to PC. You know what I mean? So I was like, why... Is this not, you know, let's let's revamp it and make the proper PC release. And so that's why it's called Dungeon Crawlers HD. It's definitely, I mean, it's night and day. I've got a few on my Twitter tweet feed. I've got a few pictures of, like, what it used to look like and what it looks like now. It's, it's a different game. Nice. Very nice. So, so what is Dungeon Crawlers? Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a dungeon crawler, uh, and it's got a heavy inspiration from... Um, from Ghostbusters, but if somebody doesn't know what Hero Quest is, yeah. or if they've never played a dungeon crawler before, you well, know, what, what is this game? Yeah, so, uh, you know, first of all, the, the, the genre of dungeon crawler is kind of undefined. So, a lot of people consider dungeon crawling to be Diablo. And that is true. That is a dungeon crawler. But So, there is no def- definition of a dungeon crawler. Uh, but ba- aside from I'm in a dungeon, I'm traveling through several dungeons, I'm collecting loot, I'm killing bosses, right? Mm-hmm. So there is sort of like that misplacement of the genre by calling it that. Um, but the, this game, you know, when I tell people, what are you getting? It's like, look, you're getting a board game, and you're, you're playing out the story of what Ghostbusters might have looked like if it was set in a dungeon, in high fantasy. And, um, you know, all, the whole game is tongue-in-cheek. Every, every line is meant to make you laugh. Every weapon has a funny name to it. Um, there's never... It's not supposed to... It's not. It's a game that just doesn't take itself so seriously, okay? And uh, when we did it, we also decided that I didn't want so many, so many turn-based games like Final Fantasy Tactics. They keep stepping up, especially Disgaea, right? You guys ever play that? Which is I a, have not. It's a DS yes. game? Yes. That, those games keep stepping up the complexity level to the extent where it's like, if you're not completely consumed by this series, um, 
you're not gonna have fun. I just don't. I don't have fun playing those games because there's t- so many options. You're focused on so many things, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to bring it kind of back because you know turn-based games really come from their board game brethren, and I just wanted to go back to the basics. And I wanted to make a game where it's like, look, when you're not in combat, it's easy to move your characters around. You're not doing this constant crawl end your turn. You know, nothing happens. That that's a very common thing in digital board games. You know, you you move, you end your turn, you wait. Not, there's no action. I wanted the game to be focused on combat. So, like, you're walking around the level, you get ambushed, and the combat is meaningful most of the time. It's not just an encounter with one goblin. Though there are encounters like that in the game, usually uh, designed to teach you something. You know, your first couple encounters are just like, hey, this is how the game works. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll encounter a couple... You encounter a couple, a couple of really easy fights one before you ever run into a trap so to teach you that there is or are traps in the in the game and you didn't know that because you can't detect them and then later you get the Winston character who can detect traps so then you get into another very easy fight where there are traps but the idea that time is for you to be like okay here's Winston he can see the traps he can disarm the traps and then that's those are kind of the only times you run into like very very simple fights we have some other simple fights that serve a comical purpose, right? Like you just go up to the character and kill him in one hit. Uh, but otherwise, the idea is you're playing a board game. Uh, it's fantasy chess. You know, you got these four characters that act in very unique, different ways. You got a tank, you got a healer, wizard, and a jack of all trades. The the dwarf kind of like he has a ranged attack. He's got a melee attack. He's got an AOE attack. He can heal himself. He you know so he has sort of like a an arsenal of attacks, whereas everybody else sticks to their their tropes, right? You want to put the tank in the middle of the action, have him absorb damage. You want to get the healer out of the way, but constantly working on his characters to keep him safe. Uh, the wizard is the most powerful one, but also the weakest. So you've got these four chess-like characters that have these very differing strengths, and each combat, each time you get into combat, you will be forced, unless you're playing on easy, of course, uh, but you will be forced to think about your move, you know. That's what it's about. Nice. Very nice. Now, the, the combination of, of video game and humor is, is often a very difficult thing. Most, most games aren't actually funny. Uh, and I feel like only recently we've had games that have actually been, like, touching in terms of story content and everything. Yeah. Uh, usually the, the best emotion reaction to elicit is one of uh, you know anger or rage or something like that, whether because you're blowing somebody up or because you got blown up and now you're, you're, you're angry. Uh, what is it like trying to, to write something to be funny? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the history of gaming, there's one, there's two guys that ever were able to pull this off, and they're still around, right? And that's Ron Gilbert and Tim, uh, Tim Schafer. Tim Schafer, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're the they're the patriarchs of comedic gaming. Mm-hmm. And only pull it off, but pull it off consistently. Consistently, every yeah. time, every game. I mean, I've never... I've played most of the games they've put out. I, You know, uh, it was actually uh, Monkey Island that inspired me to make my first game. So when I played Monkey Island, I said, I want to make video games. And... Um, 
I've never, I've just, I've never played a bad Tim Schafer game. I, it doesn't matter, you know. I mean, the Guitar Legend or whatever. What was the name of that game? Brutal uh, Legend. Brutal, Brutal Legend. Legend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a little monotonous in the RTS aspect of it, but you know, the stories are always funny. The characters are charming. That's what's most important. I mean, you know, I'm a comic. I write scripts. Uh, so it's you know, when you have a focus on character. And you have a concept of what is funny. I think you can pull it off in gaming, especially, especially if you keep it simple. You know, don't dive too too deep. Don't try to be over the top because you are at the end of the day. A lot of times, you're still playing to a younger audience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I I enjoy that aspect of it. I think it wasn't. I don't think it was difficult, but we definitely spent a lot of time thinking about what are we you know what who are these characters what are they trying to accomplish what's their motivations and then from there you can find comedic in you know comedy in each scene you know what i mean sure yeah how do you play test comedy like i guess you know game mechanics you can get uh i guess you know generally pretty easy feedback you know it's a lot of times it can be objective especially when it comes to like bugs and stuff like that yeah. But for for writing, how do you how do you test that? I mean, uh, you send a script to somebody and ask them if they think it's funny. I guess. <laughs> Did this make you laugh? It makes me. Laugh. I don't know. I got. It's funny, man. When I started working, so the HD version I've been working on for exactly a year. It, I started in April of uh, 2014, so it's been we're on my 13th month now. I am looking forward to being done with uh, Dungeon Crawlers, by the way. But when I loaded up. I was working on a different game, and uh, I put that aside to work on Dungeon Crawlers HD, and I played through Dungeon Crawlers for the first time in two years. And uh, I, was, I was laughing all the way. I had, forgotten this, I had forgotten the script. I just played through it just to see, you know, what... I was playing through it to kind of, like, get the gist of what do I want to make better, right? And I was laughing the whole time. And I'm laughing at something I wrote that I knew all, I should have known all the words to, you know, but there's all these little things, these little, uh, you know, these jokes that are making fun of a, another movie or a game or a book. We, everything is being made fun of in this game. I mean, we have a Star Wars, we have Star Wars reference. The, 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 the main enemy in the game is uh, Egon's grandfather. Okay. And he okay. says, when you see him, he says, uh, Egon, I am your grandfather. And, and the Ray character in the background goes, "No, it can't be true." Oh God! And 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 Egon goes, "No, it's it's definitely true. We've been talking about this for like a, a solid two levels, you know." And he's like, "You'll, you know." And so we do like a little Star Wars thing there. You know, I'm, there's J.R.R. Tolkien. To, there's token uh, quotes that we make fun of. There's M. Night Shyamalan stuff that we make fun of. You know, nice. Uh, the third boss is named Death Knight Shyamalan. Oh, is there a surprise twist? There is a twist. I'm not going to ruin that part. You got to. Yeah, yeah, don't, 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 <laughs> don't. Uh, so, are, are, did you actually like name the characters after their counterparts? Yeah. So they're instead of Peter Ray Egon Winston, it's Peter Egon Roy and Failston. Failston instead of Winston. Oh, Failston. Yeah. <laughs> uh and you know there's even a joke I think it's on the website I wanted to put like when the game the game loads it's like a did you know 
but the game loads so quickly there was no time to put in little quips between loading because uh, it's not that complex again but on the website we have a little thing under his character profile that says did you know that Failston was originally supposed to be played by Eddie Murphy but due to uh, you know rest- restrictions and the fact that we couldn't afford him we had to get this guy instead nice. so you know you know Eddie Murphy was supposed to be the original Winston yeah absolutely it was all built around him yeah and when they uh, when they could when he couldn't do it because it, what was it? it was Beverly Hills Cop yeah and when they couldn't do it was him and um uh, Jim Belushi. Yeah. And yeah, when he couldn't do it, and then they they uh, they did it all around Peter. Which I mean, obviously, Bill and that's Murray. Why, yeah, and that's why Winston shows up later because they had already started filming. And, yep. And so that's you know I I followed that idea like Failston doesn't show up until a little bit later into the game. He's not an original member of the crew. So these guys go down. So is it um. Is it a singular dungeon with many levels, or is it multiple dungeons? Yeah, I mean, I guess the way I would describe it is you're in one dungeon, and you continue to traverse it down and down deeper into the dungeon. It, okay. they, never, they never really describe, like, it, you never see stairs. <laughs> when the level is over, it's over, you know what I mean? Gotcha. So it's, how, how they get from one dungeon to the next is actually a, an interesting question, because they never actually exit. A lot of times they just kind of go through the wall. Like when they come, when they come in, there's a scene when you fight the fourth boss, the skeleton dragon. They just walk in to the to the arena through the wall. It's like you know what that that's fine. It's a, I mean you got to save something back for Dungeon Crawlers HD two of yeah, uh, the dungeon between the walls. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm 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 one guy. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I'd love to make better, but. I'm one guy. <laughs> it's so funny, man. I got people are <clears throat> so quick to hate, you know, in, oh, yeah. our, in our society now. And when I launched the HD version on the iTunes, somebody wrote this email that not even an e- they never send you an email. They never send you an email like, "Hey, this is broken. You think you could fix this?" <laughs> it's they just put a one star review and go, "This is broken. They should fix this." It's like, how about you hold back the review? And, and send me an email and I'll fix it and you can review accordingly. Uh, but this one guy said, you really need to get your, your shit together. You guys are explicit, right? I can, I can say Yeah, that. you're fine. You're yeah. fine. All right. He goes, you really need to get your shit together. I go, dude, I am one guy writing approximately 30,000 lines of code. What do you want from me? <laughs> I'm one guy. Do you understand? I have no QA. I have no, nobody's beta testing. Like I get, I get that you're frustrated, but you spent five dollars. Five. It's you know less than the cost of a sandwich. Just relax. Maybe go eat a sandwich. Yeah, I'll, I'll fix it in the in the intern. You know. Yeah. So, so uh, like, you, uh-huh. no, go, go, go ahead. I was just gonna ask about uh, the the green light process, given uh, you know how crazy community can be, uh, and all that. Yeah. Well. Um, how much do you guys know about Greenlight? Like, we've heard stories. Okay. <laughs> how much so, you tell us about Greenlight? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what you whatever you want to know. I don't. I can't tell you how I got onto Steam because I don't know. Um, <laughs> that that is a common thing that we hear. So that's all right. And you, right. <laughs> you even just tried to tell us right there, and it kind of cut off a little bit. So I'd imagine. Ah, that there it is. I think know. if I actually tell you, yeah, it just disappears. Yeah. 
You'll go back to the audio later and be like, he told, I, I could have sworn. We heard it. It was there. Um, <laughs> so this is, this is what's so crazy is that Greenlight launched late 2012. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Second half of 2012. And for, right. okay. we started working on the game in 2010 and we start, we submitted it to, to Valve and we, we submitted it to publishers. I mean, you know, the idea was build a demo first, get a publisher away. Mm. And um, nobody would take it. I mean, I was just like, I was pretty shocked, actually. Uh, we just couldn't get anybody on board. And um, Valve is notorious for just never writing back. I emailed them once a week. I never got a response. I went to my friends at High Res in Georgia, and uh, that's a AAA studio in Georgia, and the owner of Tripwire, another big AAA studio in Atlanta. And I said, look, I mean, just make me an introduction. I'll, I'll take it from there. That's all I'm asking for. Just help me out. And they sent emails, and they didn't hear back. And they publish a lot of stuff on, on Steam, okay? Mm -hmm. So, like, it's one of those weird things. Like, am I being blacklisted by somebody? Did I have sex with somebody's mother over at Valve, and they, they hate me? Like, <laughs> can I just get... Can I just get an email that says, hey, Josh, screw you, never email us again? <laughs> Can I please get that email? Because I'll, that would at least make me Josh, feel Josh, we found all these, um, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, just say it. Just say something. Say anything. Why am I sitting in limbo? And so, so two years goes by. We, we push, push the game on iOS. Mm -hmm. And Greenlight comes out. We're like, oh, my God, this, this is great because of... The community is going to love this game. Why wouldn't they? This is—it's a funny game. It's, it was the number one RPG on iOS. There's no reason, and it was reviewed very well the first first run. And I, and uh, this new run is for some reason not being reviewed so well. But on Google, for example, we have 4.2 average, which is very high for uh, for that kind of market. Mm -hmm. And um, so we put it up. On, oh, so they they come before we put it up on Greenlight. They come to Atlanta, Valve is traveling from city to city with uh, evangelists talking about the green light process. And we asked them all these hard questions, sort of like, I mean, we really went for it. The, the kids in Atlanta were like a asking direct questions. How many people does it take to uh -huh. get voted in? Or what percentage? Or, you know, we just ask, and these are questions that there should be answers to. They refused to answer all of them. They just said, well, you know, I mean, you just gotta get people to come in and vote for your game and uh you know that's how it's going to be and we're like so is there a trigger point like is it 30 days and it, it, or is it is it over the course of like it could it be like in a year if you hit that number is it a is it a number yeah, give like, us a goal give us a goal what do we have to shoot for yeah i mean give us some idea right and they were like uh well we're not saying that it's a specific number um <laughs> we're not saying that but we're also not not saying that it's a specific number <laughs> And we're, if you were to, if you were to picture a number that was on this line of numbers, it would be here, guys. Somewhere in were, this line, they were backpedaling harder than Sarah Palin after saying that she doesn't that she reads all the news, right? All, I mean, <laughs> everything. I, they had no answers for anyone about anything. Like it was like I I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Okay, I was just like, guys, we want to get our game on Steam. What? Just tell us what to do. And they're like, hey, you just get out there and just, you know, people will vote for it. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> Total you sound. Know? Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, yeah. And so, you know, Greenlight opens up, and this is sort of, now we're getting into the kind of the history of Greenlight, but Greenlight opens up, and 
lo and behold, the only people voting on Greenlight are the trolls. And they're downvoting everything. Okay? And my game got the original version, which was the SD version, not even this, like, repackaged, nicer version, had a 40% success uh, approval and was 99% of the way to the top 100 and never wow. got and never got greenlit. Mm. And in the in greenlight you can see the um the, the rankings, how well certain games do. And you can't see the game specifically, but like what the top 50 looks like, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time, the highest rated the top 5 games that were like being uh what's it called like so you I've got 40% approval, right? Mhm. Uh, to be in the top 100 and, like, in the top five, all you needed was a 45% approval rating. So, in other oh, words, wow. in other words, more people don't like your game than do, and that's how we're measuring what is a good game. And, or and you're good to get out of here, totally. And that's kind of the whole point, is that, like, no game is truly universal. No game is... Everything is kind of a niche, right? I mean, short of, like, Angry Birds and sitting on the toilet playing Tetris, no game is, like everybody wants to play it. It doesn't exist. Absolutely. And, uh, I, you know, this is, so this is kind of how I, I got on Steam, and this is the part of it that'll get bleeped out, but I wrote this nasty email. It wasn't like nasty like, fuck you, but it was nasty like, <laughs> it was nasty like, you know, you guys are liars. You know, like, what are you doing? It's been two years. My game's been up here. Um, I resubmitted as HD. There's nothing wrong with this game. I doubt you've ever looked at it. And... You know, if you're going to tell me that 40% isn't good enough, let's let's just think about that for a second. You've got 35 million users, and 40% of your install core install base says this is a game that is worth being up that. So at five dollars a piece, uh, we're talking about 27 million sales. That's not good enough for you. Like, of course, that's not the number I'm going to hit. I'm just saying, like, what number isn't good enough, realistically speaking? Right. Like, what is it? Like, just put your, you know. Show show me your cards already, and tell and just email me and say, we're never putting this game on Steam ever. Don't email me back. You know, just say something. This is I'm I'm going to keep emailing you just for God's sake. And uh, ten days later, I was greenlit. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> I don't know, right? I don't know. You're like, hey, email? Hey, we got this crazy email. Um, let's take oh. Oh, the switch was set to evil. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll fix that. Hold on. That's... I mean, can you imagine if that was the whole, the plan the whole time? If if Gabe Newell was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to we create just gotta this... wait till he snaps, guys. Yeah, we're going to create a voting process, and the only guys that get in are the ones that snap. <laughs> totally. Have they snapped yet? Nope, they're not coming in. They're not coming in. They uh, don't yeah. want it bad enough. They need to freak out. And when they I, when they freak out, as long as they don't say they're going to kill me, let's let's go ahead and let's get them on there. And yeah, I just leave that to the community. Yeah. Right. And, and, by the, and by the way, like I I'm now going to backtrack a little bit because I I don't want to smack talk uh, the the good people at Valve who put my game on their market. Right. <laughs> uh, I have no problem with Valve at all. I just it's just this. I'm 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 giving. Um, critical feedback, constructive criticism of the of this process. <laughs> That's all this is. You know, I have no problem with them personally. Like it's just a weird thing where it's like, look, we live in a new age and they need to adapt to that age because everybody can make a video game and we need to figure out what needs to be on your market and, and, and what doesn't, you know? 
No, and, and anytime that you deal with a, a business, no matter how loved it is by consumers, when you're dealing with it on more of a business to business level, it's always a lot uglier. I, I used to repair um, Apple computers. And so trying to, to order parts and dealing with Apple's metrics, it was always nuts and crazy and just a huge pain in the ass. And just anytime, like, when people ask me why I don't like Apple, it's like it all stems from my interactions with, like, having to order parts from them. And it was just terrible. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I get why Valve wants to be the way they are because look at what happened Look at what happens in iTunes, right? So, like, every time a game gets popular, a, what, a billion clones come out of that yeah. game? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, do you remember the fart apps that were the all the rage of 2008? <laughs> I do. There was some, They cataloged yep. at some point that they had over 10,000 fart apps, and it was like, and that's the problem. If you have a fully free market where only supply and demand dictates what's going to be on there, you're going to be wading through just uh, just a mountain of fart apps. That's what you're going to be looking at. Yep. And so I get, I I totally understand what Valve is thinking. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. But like, you've got to have you've got to have a more open system where the people understand what they're trying to aim for. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, this is kind of like the problem with the credit score system in America. It's like you don't really know what you're doing that makes it better or worse. Nobody knows. Yep. Yeah, no, it's it's a mystery, and that's that's uh, that's how it stays where it is. Yeah. So you know, I mean, there's room for improvement. Now, I hear when Steam OS comes out, it's going to be a free for all. So I don't, I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows. But in the meantime, I'm glad to get it out before that. And uh, I, my understanding is that every game that comes out gets a, a week of featuring. So. Nice. On, the, on the front page. Right, it says some, so it, I was actually I actually looked it up and it, it looks like uh, we're heading to a, a June first release. Yeah, June first. Excellent. Start yeah. of the summer, hurricane season down here, um, so we can hide in the dungeon. Okay. When we lose power, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, June first. It's. I'm pretty sure the VR stuff will be in beta. I don't think I'm going to have it finished, like polished. Uh, by June 1st because there's just so many tiny little things uh, VR has got a big problem with UI support hmm. you can't render UIs to the screen and then have them show up in VR I don't know why you have to write a new sort of a new UI you have to like render your UIs to a texture put the texture in front of the camera it's a whole process it's very strange and stuff that's at the bottom of the screen, you can't see in VR. You know? I don't know if you no ever noticed that, but, like, if you put text at the bottom of the screen on Oculus, your eyes cannot look down there and read. Interesting. So, uh... Is it, is it just a physical thing, or is it something like... The, is it just a problem with the, the it's software a itself? No, no, okay. it's, it's like... You never think about this because you can move your head. <laughs> you know, you're never in a virtual reality space where text is moving with you, right? Right. So true, true. You, okay. you never come up against this, but when you put, so, you know, when we put stuff in a UI at the corners of the screen, uh, in a normal, on a normal screen, you just look down. That's all you do. You look down and there it is. And you get your right. information, you look back up. But how do you account for that in VR? 
because if I look down, then everything have, everything goes down. Everything goes down, and it, yep. also if it didn't, then what would happen is uh, you, the UI would be in the way of what you're looking at. And so that's so you have to like change the UI. You have to actually write, uh, you know, you have to move everything. And so that's 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 a lot of work. Um, I got most of it going up, going, but that, it just means that the game will, you know, the VR stuff will be kind of like in a beta. It'll, it won't be final. Sure. So what does this game look like in VR? So it's the only version of the game where I free you from the camera because the camera in the regular version of the game is in a uh, or sort of an orthographic. Have you guys checked out Invisible Ink? Yes. So that's 2D. Okay. Imagine a 3D version of that. But it's Okay. So, you know, I put the game in an orthographic camera. Um, Everything is, like, the same size no matter where on the screen it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, in the VR version, I actually let you control the camera with your joystick, and you can actually get right up on the characters and follow them as they walk and attack an enemy. It's oh. pretty. It's pretty cool. It's it's not something that works uh, in any other way. Like we tried that. The very first version of the game had free flo- fo- a free floating camera, and it never worked well for tactical movement. You know what I mean? Uh huh. But because it's VR, because you're literally looking around, it's got a really interesting feel to it. I like it. Very cool. Yeah, I don't think VR is... I think VR is pretty cool for, for tactical games. I don't think it's... Ba- it, you know, it just enhances the experience a little bit. It's not, not mind-blowing, but uh, it's, it's fun. It's definitely cool. Awesome. Paving the way. Yeah. Next, somebody's going to say, like, you know, XCOM 2, 3D, or, you know, VR. And you're going to go, well, yeah, you know, well, we did it first. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah, I mean, the other problem with that is that you know, games like uh, XCOM and what I do, um, you know, the, you're going to get a lot of camera cuts. This uh-huh. is the other. This is the other thing that why I won't be out of beta. I think because of the cutscenes. How do you do the cutscenes in a stationary camera? You know what I mean? Because in a cinematic camera, like all of the movement has been predefined. Yes. But if you do, if you attach those cameras to your to a person, and they're physically moving around like that, you can cause nausea. It's pretty bad. Uh, I don't know if you guys have mucked around in VR at all, but like there's the, this game called Air Drift, and as soon as you bank hard left, oh my god, your your guts you're just come out. right. Yeah, oh. your, gut, your guts come right out of your body. It's <laughs> it's ugly. I mean, and that's because your your mind is like I'm moving, and your body's like, no, we're not. Nope, we ain't going anywhere. Yeah, and it's just, it's not good. So that there is that sort of like, I don't know what to do about that with the VR stuff. Hmm. So I don't know, I don't know what they'll do with XCOM because they do all those like advanced uh, cinematic, you know, those cinematic cameras when they're killing someone. Oh yeah, don't, don't, yeah. That would look weird, cutting like that in VR. Mm-hmm. And then just having it pop up when you were busy, like, you know, sliding around something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I, could, I could definitely see that. Because so. yeah, that, that would be even crazier if you, for most of the game, have free control. You know, when you turn your head, the camera turns. But then all of a sudden, every now and then, everything just becomes locked. And no matter what you do, it's, you know, it's always still. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That would be... Oh, that's... And by the way, that's... Oh, you, you cannot lock the camera in VR. So that happens... Oh. That happens when I'm loading the game, right? So when I load the game, 
there's this two second delay where the, the scene is standing perfectly still and then it loads the game, right? And uh, when you do that, when the game freezes like that and you move your head around and nothing moves, so the whole, the whole camera moves with you kind of thing, right? Uh, that's even more jarring than when the, the camera is moving too fast. So there's this weird, like, suddenly your, your mind is like, wait a minute, is this a 2D image? Why is it, why is it not moving with me? Hmm. You know? So, yeah, there's all these little technical issues for games like that, whereas a first-person adventure, obviously, it's like you don't have to move anything because everything's unfolding in front of you. Right, right. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. But uh, maybe I'll keep the VR just to the challenge maps. I, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Sure. Yeah. So, there will be something. It'll make it work. Yeah. It'll happen. It's coming. VR. Yeah. It's going to be a thing. Right, well, Brian, do you have any more questions about uh, Dungeon Crawlers before no, we jump I into think, the end game? I think we're free to go to the end game. Um, right. Yeah, okay. So uh, we like to end with a little bit of a questionnaire. Um, this is more towards you, uh, less towards the game, although feel free to, you know, spice that up as well if you want to. But uh, question number one, um, who is your favorite video game protagonist? Gotta be Link. Okay. Uh, Link from... Link to the Past, or Which link li little cartoon Link from uh, Wind Waker. I love that. Wind All right. I actually love Wind Waker. I think that's one of the best ones. Wind Waker was fantastic. Highly I, Yeah, I really liked... Uh, I, I, I did not get um, the craziness that everybody... Uh, with all, like, all the freak out over the art design. I thought it looked really neat. Um, I thought it gave kind of life to... Uh, kind of a life... Like a, like a life and a whimsy... Yeah. Um, to a world that kind of needed it, yeah. especially when uh, like Ocarina of Time was very like self serious. Um, so I thought, you know, I thought it was great. It was really cool. There was a lot of sailing in that first version. Yeah, yeah, there was, but it was. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Yep. Yep. Oh, uh, also, number... also huh? Ness. Ness is. Uh, I just beat Earthbound for the first time. Hmm. So Ness is now my new personal favorite. And I always played with him in uh, Smash Brothers, but I never knew his game. <laughs> I had never played Earthbound. <laughs> did you, while playing Earthbound, were you like, man, I wish you could do all the stuff you did in Smash Brothers? Yeah, sure. Hit somebody with a yo-yo that doesn't exist? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, uh, second question. Uh, flipping the coin on the first one. Who's your favorite antagonist? Okay. I, I feel like I should get more creative. Okay. Uh... But uh, I, I'm having trouble being creative. <laughs> how about all right? How about uh, let me just get his name right before I, I say this. Hold on, because I I know part of his name. His name is Revolver Ocelot. Okay, from the Metal Gear Solid series. From the very first one, Metal Gear Solid, the original one. He was yes. great. He was a fantastic. He wasn't the final boss, but he. He moved the story along in a way that I think, you know, is not done very well. You know, the story uh, telling in that game was basically flawless. Yep, absolutely phenomenal. He was the first boss, and then he was the major twist. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and he turns out to be a very, a very important character throughout the rest of the series. Exactly, and yeah, I think the, I think that game. I'm, I'm just going to go with that game. That game is so inspirational in terms of interactive storytelling, and. The, you know, uh, making a character really important who you hate. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, you totally. know, yeah, because like a, a Gachnim, who turns out to be uh, 
what's the who's the guy you keep killing in Zelda? Oh, Ganon. Oh, Ganon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, all those characters, they always they never had like a real foreboding. They, well, they never really had any personality. Ganon yeah, was always just, just the big bad, and yeah, like, he's just a bad guy. He's just a bad guy. So you know, he's he's a bad guy until what? Probably uh, Ocarina of Time, and then he has like a real character. But but yeah, Revolver Ocelot, man, he was he's a, the first real bad guy. I feel like. Absolutely. Uh, question number three: uh, Are there any uh, positive trends in gaming that you'd like to see, kind of <coughs> outside of me coughing? Oh my gosh! Hold on. Oh, all right. Choked on my own air. Fantastic. That can happen. Okay. Yeah. Well. So, uh, positive trends in gaming you'd like to see, um, kind of proliferate or, or spread something that's not as as widespread now, but you'd love to see it just grow. So. Give me a couple examples of uh, the, the kinds of trends that you're t- thinking of, like in general. What other people say? I got some ideas. It varies so much. <laughs> uh, uh, any, anything from you know the the resurgence of couch co-op to indie games in general okay. to okay. Um, well, I I think any, there's, anything, a, there's really. the first trend that I've been seeing. It's now I, it's still a trend. <laughs> Uh, it might be back on the downward slope. I'm not sure, but the revol- the rebirth the rebirth of permadeath, right? Mm. That's I'm glad that that because so many people before permadeath became a trend, so many publishers would have told you that'll never people don't want that. Mm-hmm. that that'll never work. And those are the best trends, the ones that where the big guys always get it wrong. You know what I mean? Yep. That's a great trend. I definitely. I want to see a trend. The trend I want to see the most, more than anything, is I want to see uh, parents stop telling, you know, stop letting their kid boys be dicks to girls. I'm tired of it. You know, I'm totally. tired. I'm, I'm I'm so tired of the Twitter culture and uh, oh, guys being misogynistic online. It's driving me crazy. Like God, act yeah. like act like a human. I mean, it's it's unbearable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not it's not a real high level of decency you need to aspire to yeah just don't be a dick <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, very simple just yeah, just don't yeah it's crazy I, I understand smack talk I'm not talking about smack talk you know mm-hmm. when people are smack talking each other during a you know a MOBA game or something it's like whatever I don't it's that is what it is but you know treat people with respect what is the what is going on it's crazy uh, you know, but aside from so that's the most important trend I want. I definitely want to see. I want to see that stuff go away. But the yes. the, the other one that I, from a gaming perspective that I'm so excited about, forget VR, uh, the Hololens. I think there's so many applications for that level of augmented reality. Mm-hmm. You know, can you imagine taking a Hololens and going into a big building and solving a an augmented murder mystery that you actually walk around. A building in. I want. I want Tony Stark's computer stuff all over the place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's it. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah. I, I I can't wait to see what they do with that stuff, man. That's gonna be, that's gonna be crazy. That is the future, augmented reality. I think. I think it's some kind of combination of VR and AR is what we'll see a little bit further down the road. That'll be mm-hmm. just just incredible. 
So you managed to answer question four, which was, you know, what would you like to see go away? Um, so congratulations on being the first person to actually get ahead of the, the quiz itself. <laughs> reverse, reverse trend. Reverse yeah, trend. yeah, you totally worked it. Uh, question number five. Uh, you've been making games since you were 12. Um, is there any other profession um, that you've ever had, like, the urge to, uh, to, to, to take on? Uh, yeah, I always wanted to be uh, a janitor at NASA, but uh, they said they said I wasn't good enough. <laughs> they didn't reach the, the NASA, yeah. NASA janitor. They, they, yeah, well, they give you a test, you know, and apparently I didn't know that uh, I had no physics to be a janitor at NASA. <laughs> but but no, I mean, look, I'm a I'm a stand up comic. I'd love for that to turn into a full time thing. It's uh, it's part time, which is. By the way, true of all stand-up comics. Yep. Until you become famous, it's like until you become really, really famous, it's crazy, man. I don't know if you ever heard of Mark Norman, but for everybody on this podcast who's going to listen to this, look up Mark Norman. He got he had a Comedy Central half hour two years ago, and he was a janitor until two years ago. He was working as a janitor full time. Wow. And I mean, that's that's the life you live as a comic until you until you can sustain it. Comedy. And, uh, you know, I wish I had uh, been better at goaltending and ice hockey. But there you uh, go. That, that dream did not work out either. So Appar- side, Apparently side you have to question. stop the puck to be a goalie. I didn't know yeah, that either. You can't just let them go by. Yeah. I, yes. Yep. I've, read, I've actually read that in books, that you just can't, <laughs> you just can't let it go. Yeah. You, you just stand in the way, which is completely against uh, human nature. I mean, they're trying to score. Well, who am I to say no? You know? <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm nobody's judge, yeah. but they, they they want to score. You know, I'm I'm good with that. I'm a wingman. Exactly. So let me let them score. Uh, side side question to the whole comedy bit: Have you ever, uh, have you ever been forced during a gig, um, to resort to an actual Chud joke, given that your last name is Chudnowski? Uh, no, nobody Chudnowski. nobody seems to know that movie. So Damn it. you're like okay. the, you're like the first <laughs> man, really. Yeah, I've never. I, okay, all right. Not a lot of people uh, remember cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, that we're just we're we're keeping it keeping it current here. And keeping it eighties. That's for hey, sure. Hey, Ghostbusters, Chuds. Yeah. Yeah. We're we are all for it. Yeah. Um, next question, uh, and uh, I had. This this next question it's always got a little bit of a preamble because it's constantly changing in my head because I'm I'm always trying to make it less scary than the idea that I actually put forth is so I'm currently working on another version. Yeah, um, you have another version? Yeah, I I I, it's I can't not wait to I'm, hear this I'm question. Still, I'm still <laughs> trying it out, um, but, but we're I mean, not there yet. It's not ready for prime time. It's not right. it's not coming out tonight because this is more rambling than anything else. Um, <laughs> but if it's so I'll just leave all the rest of the preamble off and just say that if if after tomorrow you could no longer play video games, what video game would you play tonight? Oh man, <laughs> what would it be? Yep, that's a good question. It's got to be something. Be anything, from... anything. Oh man, that's that's good. So you're basically what you're basically saying is what is the greatest game of all time? That's kind of the question. Well. Which one would you want to go back to before you couldn't do it anymore? So it's, you know, like everybody always kind of defaults in, I mean, from my uh, generation, we all default to Link to the Past, but um, 
every time I play Link to the Past, it's kind of like, you know what? I've done this now so many times. I don't need to see this again. Yeah. You, know, you know it's good. You know you've played it. Yeah. You don't need to do it. Exactly. And I feel that way about Metroid. And I feel that way about Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. That's a good, that is a good question. I need to look at my... Oh, you know what? It, okay, I'll tell you what it is. Because I'm making a game based on this, and I'm obsessed with this game. It would be Donkey Kong. I'd want, I'd want, uh, I'd play it all night, and then that would be the end of it. I can, I can play. Man, I love Donkey Kong. Uh, the, original Donkey Kong or country? Yeah, no, Donkey Kong. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. I just want to make sure. Uh, that game, to me, from a design perspective, is perfection. Like, you cannot make a better game than Donkey Kong. It works no matter what level. That's that's just the game. Yeah, I mean it's uh you know it's a simple set of rules. The quarter is uh is irre- irrelevant. It doesn't matter that you pop. Remember like the later beat 'em ups like Double Dragon and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they were reliant on the quarter. So like yep. the idea of the game was like, can I get through this and not spend more money? That's the only reason it was interesting. Uh, Donkey Kong, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's like, you got a quarter, you get three lives, you get an extra life at 7,500 points, get to work, you know? And, uh, what? I think three people in history have cracked a million points? I mean, what does that say? Yeah, (laughs) it's definitely not a whole lot. What does that say? That this game is so maniacally hard. I mean, there's billions of people, and you know that, like, everybody competes. Everybody's competing for everything. And three people have cracked a million points? That's unreal. Most I ever got was 250. So not bad. Not bad. That's but not, not great. That's fair. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, when compared to the million, you mean you're, you're a quarter of the way there. Yeah, I'd be in the top 100 according to uh, Twin Galaxies. There you go. Nice. But to submit the score is very draconian. So I can't <laughs> You have to do it on a, yeah. You have to do it on a um, arcade machine that they've already pre-checked out. So like that they, they made sure that like isn't bu- you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it you have to go to like one of thirty machines to get to submit your score. But even on the uh, the main leaderboard, I think I'm in the top one hundred fifty or something. Nice. There's see, there's something. Yeah. yeah, take the picture on a Tuesday while you're in a zebra costume yeah. posed in front of the machine with your score highlighted. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, you know, well, you can you're see there. yourself in the reflection of the glass. Yeah. Just, yeah. So the next game I'm, uh, well, I'm, this may or may not be the next game, but I've got a demo of it. It's called Castle Calm. I'm trying to make a homage to Donkey Kong. Okay. Nice. Uh, nice. Final question: um, At the end of our lives, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom. And Toad is waiting for us with the book of our deeds. What would you like him to say to you before he lets you inside? Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, Chug, but your, uh, your, your, your gaming experience is in another castle. I don't <laughs> what, what should he say? <laughs> well, you know, it's the whole summation of your life. Yeah. I don't know, man. Does like, he ask you if you're a god? Oh, that's good. That's in that's I think that's in the game. And so is the yeah. princess is in another <laughs> castle. Quote is it actually in the game you beat the goblin king and he goes, uh, sorry heroes, but the princess is in another castle and Peter goes, Princess? What princess? There's <laughs> nice. a prin- there's a princess? Like, wait wait a second. Uh 
Yeah, I don't, uh, what what did he say? But you know, I th- okay. You know what he'd say? I think I think this is how it's gonna go for me. I think he'd go, well, you, you tried. <laughs> you know what I mean? You tried. <laughs> Didn't work out the way you wanted it to, but you tried. Fair shake. I think that's all we get. I think you just get to try. Get to try. Some of us, some of us get lucky, you know. Absolutely. Well, you passed. Thank you very much for your answers. I have no prizes to give you, but you did try, and I appreciate that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jonathan, mean. take us out. Take us home. Josh, thank you again for joining us and talking to us about Dungeon Crawlers HD. If you could send us out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more information about the game. Uh, you can go to drowningmonkeys.com to read about it if you're just interested in seeing something that you can also download on YouTube if you type Dungeon Crawlers HD. There's plenty of videos there, and there's going to be on the 14th uh, developer walkthrough. Uh, it's available now on iTunes or the App Store specifically. It'll be available on Android May 14th. Comes out on Steam June 1st, and maybe possibly Indie Game Stand and Itch.io and all those other places. But that's that's what you need to know. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, and best of luck with the upcoming launch and uh, yeah, with your future games. Uh, hopefully, we can talk again. Thanks, guys.